0: Welcome back to the Nationally Syndicated Price of Business Show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. In my opinion, it's everyone's business to spend a little time away from business. And one of my favorite ways of doing that is with quality books. And so I, I for one, am very excited about this segment. Any long-term listener of the show knows about the series I've been doing now for a couple of years uh, with the Washington Post and uh, each week having reporters on with the most interesting stories for one of the most important newspapers in the world. And uh, I thought, you know, we need to do more in the book space, and then I get their newsletters all the time as a subscriber, and I got this great one by our guest this segment, Stephanie Mary. She is uh, the uh, deputy editor of the books department there at the Washington Post. Great Great topic today, uh, Stephanie. Glad to have you with us. When should you give up on a book? And uh, it's interesting thoughts from the readers as well. Welcome to the program. And as deputy editor, editor, tell us a little bit about what you do.
1: Um, So yes, I am the deputy editor of the book section and I edit our um, weekly newsletter um, as well as stories in our print section, reviews, um, features, that kind of thing. Um, And we often send out um, sort of submission forms to our readers of our Friday newsletter asking them to weigh in on what they're reading and how they're reading and why they're reading what they're reading. And we decided to ask them, you know, do you give up on books. Um, If you do, is there a certain, you know, amount that you have to read before you'll set it aside? Um, If you don't, why not? Um, And we ended up with some really interesting submissions.
0: Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, I I found them uh, fascinating, actually, because, uh, you know, I I lined them up with my own approach. Which is uh, typically ever out of t- i read three books a month generally, mm-hmm. and um I usually give up on at least one, maybe two out of ten every month after two chapters. It's like anything else. I know it's like series, for example, TV series. The first one are just trying to get a setting, if you will. And I get the same view about books. You're trying to give me a setting of what's going to happen and how this is going to unfold. And so I like to be a little patient. Um, but that's kind of how I approach it. Tell, tell me what you observe from other readers.
1: Well uh there was one thread that was sort of dominant somewhat dominant I mean certainly there were a lot of people who are willing to give up on books at least in our you know, in in the people who responded, there were about maybe 650, the vast majority are willing to give up on a book. Um, And of those people, a lot of them cited a quote unquote rule that um, librarian Nancy Pearl came up with. She published it in her book, Book Lust, which came out in 2003. And basically, she has this what's called the rule of 50. So if you're under 50 years old, then you should give a book 50 pages. Um, And if you don't like it, you can go to the back of the book, find out who killed whom, who ended up with whom, etc. And if you are over 50, you can subtract your age um, from 100. So if you're 80, you know, time is precious, read 20 pages. If you don't like it, read the end and go along with your day. Um, So a lot of people follow this Rule of 50. Um, what's funny is that I actually talked to Nancy Pearl for this story, and I said, do you follow the Rule of 50? And she said, no. When I get annoyed, I put the book down. <laughs> so, um, you know, famous librarians, they're just like us.
0: <laughs> yeah, I do the same thing. I do I do usually give them at least two chapters, unless, you know, you're talking about a 2,000-page book, and you read 100 pages to get through two chapters, you know, I generally try to do that and uh, it has worked generally well for me. Uh but sometimes, you know, you'll you'll get into three pages and you go, My goodness, this is nothing like I thought it was gonna be. And so yeah, I'm not I'm not much of a mesochist, so I will go ahead and uh, kill that project pretty quick. Talk a little bit about uh, you know, do the rules apply for nonfiction as they do for fiction?
1: I mean, at least in terms of our respondents, they were sort of equal opportunity abandoners. Um, If a a book wasn't working, they would happily set it aside. Um, One thing that I thought was interesting was that um, a number of people talked about how they tried multiple times. And and Nancy Pearl talked about this too, how it's so dependent on your mood at any given time. That's really what's going to make you receptive or not to a book. I mean, obviously, there are certain things that if you pick up a book, you know that this is not going to work for you. That's one thing. But, you know, for example, I was on maternity leave last year and I picked up Timothy Egan's Fever in the Heartland, which is about the Ku Klux Klan. And um, it was a really good book. But, you know, when you're on maternity leave, do you really want to be reading about the Ku Klux Klan? So I was like, I think I'm going to set this aside and do something a little lighter. And then I came back to it and it was great. Um, And Nancy Pearl talked about that, too. You know, she tried to read Game of Thrones twice. And both times it just was not clicking with her. But so many people said, read it, read it, read it. And so she picked it up a third time and all the words were the same. But for whatever reason, she just couldn't put it down that third time. So it's interesting how mood really affects how receptive we are to a book.
0: Yeah, no question about it. There's no doubt about that. Talk a little bit about uh, any surprises you saw from readers' responses. You, 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 you conveyed uh, that uh, it went fairly much like you expected, is kind of what I'm getting. But was there anything that, that kind of took you aback?
1: I think one thing, it, what, it didn't necessarily Surprise me, but it was something that sort of confirmed my own suspicions, which was that the pandemic really changed reading habits for people. Um, they were more likely to bail on a book than they used to be. Um, and I don't know if that's because people are just less patient <laughs> or because, you know, we've been faced with morta- our own mortality. Um, but I- I've noticed that myself that since the pandemic, I just I don't have the patience and I'm much more likely to early on in a book after, you know, 10 pages let's say go to the next book. Um, and and a lot of people said the same thing. And so I was like, oh okay, that's good. I'm not alone. I'm not the, I'm not alone in this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That does make sense. Um, and overall, I, from everything I've read, you can confirm or or deny uh, that everything I've read indicates that we have become bigger consumers of books since the pandemic. Is that true?
1: Yes there was a there was a big jump right after um, <clears throat> the pandemic started, and especially in specific genres, um, people were really gravitating towards romance. For example, I think that. Um, When times are difficult, you know, having that guaranteed happily ever after was really appealing for people. So, yeah, there was definitely um, a big jump um, once the pandemic started.
0: Yeah, especially since people felt like they were forbidden from touching each other. We at least want to read about people who are still having a good time. (laughs) That makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the other interesting thing, we actually did a separate story um, at the end of 2020 about how the pandemic specifically changed people's reading habits. Um, and in addition to, you know, people gravitating towards a romance, there was a lot of anecdotal evidence that people were really drawn to rereading books. Um, I think that, you know, when there's so much uncertainty around you, there's something really appealing about picking up a book and knowing how it's going to go, knowing that you're going to, going to enjoy it, and knowing what's going to happen, um, and not having to, to worry so much over the course of the book. So I thought that was really interesting, too.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it. Very interesting. And in the nonfiction genre, um, you know, which can be biography, autobiography, memoirs, of course, included, what, what, is, uh, what do you find is the most popular in that uh, space?
1: What is the most popular? I would have to look at our bestsellers list, um, if you would give me a moment. Um, Uh I'm on the spot. A
0: little off trail, but I'm obsessed with nonfiction. Oh, absolutely. uh, Yeah,
1: definitely. Um, So recently on our um, bestsellers list, and we actually – look at a lot of like independent retailers. Um, So it's a little bit different than, let's say, like the New York Times bestseller list, but there's a lot of overlap. But, um, you know, very, very um, popular books include Going Infinite by Michael Lewis, um, the Elon Musk biography by Walter Isaacson, um, Democracy Awakening by Heather Cox, Richardson. Um, and then one thing that has been on for a long time is The Wager by David Gran, um, which is just such a, like, a propulsive history about um, this terrible shipwreck. But it's one of those nonfiction books that's just really hard to put down.
0: Yeah, very compelling. Absolutely. Final thoughts as we begin to wrap it up and some takeaways that uh, I think that you might be uh, pondering the rest of the year as you look at readers' responses.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Say that again?
0: Yeah, final thoughts as we wrap it up. And, and any thoughts in particular about about takeaways that you are going to have as you look at readers' responses the rest of the year?
1: I mean, there's nothing specific in terms of, you know, what we're covering or what people are interested in, but I just... I love doing these because it just shows how strongly people feel about reading and about books and about being readers and um that's just always so Heartening. I mean, I especially love to hear the people who refuse to put down a book. They will slog through because they just believe that if an author wrote the book, that it deserves their attention and their time. And I love the optimism of that um, and sort of the generosity of that. Um, but I also just love sort of the, the vast number of readers out there and all of the different ways that people are reading and all of the things that they're interested in.
0: Yeah, I think that's interesting. You will add me to that group, but... <laughs> <laughs> i think yeah. one out of ten is pretty generous uh, only only one out of ten being trash so i do a lot of homework in advance i want to know what the reviews are saying particularly by by reviewers i like and so uh, washington post being among my favorite in that and i'm sure there's a lot of that that goes into the vetting process oh,
1: i'm so sorry for breaking up i, could, I could had a yeah, hard time yeah,
0: hearing right. we got some weather here uh, i i uh All I said was that, you know, I think for me, reviews make a difference. I usually don't jump into anything until I've read some reviews. And I'm sure that's a big uh, game changer as to whether or not you give up on a project.
1: Oh, absolutely. I'm so glad that you're reading reviews, and please don't stop. Our our critics will be very happy to hear that.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. The Washington Post and, of course, the New York Times, two of my favorite places for reviews, and uh, that's really my favorite section of the uh, Washington Post is the review section for books. Love your work. Thanks so much for being with us. We're going to have to get you back on because I think this is a topic that's really interesting to the audience, certainly interesting to me. Stephanie Mary, glad to have you on the program. And she, again, is the deputy book editor over at Books Deputy Editor rather, at Washington Post. Learn more at WashingtonPost.com. Plus, we'll have a link to her article over at com. Thanks so much, Stephanie. Thanks for having me. It was fun. I'm Kevin Price. This is the nationally syndicated price of business show.